Cool. How are you doing? Good to have you. Thanks for being with us. Thank you to everybody who was here yesterday to help make our event a success. I mean, if you're brand new here, let me say something. Uh, we don't believe the church is about what just happens here in these four walls. We love to do what we can to make a difference in our community. And um, just a big uh, thank you to Kathleen, uh, who runs our outreach department, and her team that did an amazing job. So we appreciate the work that they put in for yesterday. I want to take you back a couple of years. Uh, a couple of summers ago, we went out as a family for a family walk. And I, I say walk because... If you know my wife, Kara, she loves exercise, right? And um, so we go for a walk. That means we're going to get our heart rate up. We're, we're going to put some miles underneath our, our feet. And so we, we normally don't go for a nice little stroll through the neighborhood. We're getting some exercise. And so we're having this family walk, and we're about a mile and a half from our house. And, and there's this kid out in their yard, and they ask if they could pet our dog. Now, Kara says, no, kid, we're exercising. We can't stop. we got to keep moving. And she didn't really say that, but um, it would have been funny if she did. But uh, we stopped, and we let the, the kid pet our dog, and we ended up talking to the family for about 15 minutes or so. Before we left the house, I got on one of my seven weather apps and checked and saw that, hey, they're calling for rain, and they're saying that it might storm, but you know, we, we should be fine to go for this hour-long walk and get back home and, and not have any repercussions. Well, we leave that family, we say, hey, we're going home, we start the trek back, and we hear thunder out in the distance. Well, this thunder keeps coming closer and gets quicker as it's coming toward us, right? We can tell that it's coming on us, and, uh, and I looked at the weather app, it's like, oh my, there is a storm that is getting ready to hit. So I was like, hey kids, uh, mom's not in charge anymore, dad's in charge, uh, we're going to double time it back to the house so we can beat this storm. We're a mile from our house, and the rain just comes. I mean, it is pouring down rain on us. Lightning is popping all over the place. Thunder is booming. I think we set world records for the mile for our family, man. We just booked it as fast as we could to get back home. Of course, we were soaking wet, but we were safe. We, nobody got struck by lightning, which was great, but we were safe. We were wet. We laughed about it. I felt like a failure as a dad and a weather nerd that I didn't do a better job of planning. Uh, but thankfully, again, we were all safe. I, I bring that up because for some of us, it's probably what our relationships feel like. That, that at one moment, everything is sunny and bright and everything seems to be going well, and then all of a sudden, this rain just comes, this lightning's hitting all around, thunder is booming in this relationship, and we're like, what's going on? Where did this come from? How do I, how do I get to, to safety beyond this relational storm that I'm facing? For others, your relational storm has been going on for months, years, maybe even decades, and you're trying to figure out, how do I get out of this? I, I, I've tried to take these steps, and it doesn't seem like anything's working, and there's still this, this storm that is there in this relationship. How do I move beyond that? And so what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about these relational storms. And when I talk about relational storms, I'm talking about conflict. I'm guessing you've probably experienced conflict in a relationship before, right? And if you haven't, God bless you, but it's coming. It just, it's inevitable. We can't get away from conflict. And conflict in relationships is always going to be there. And, and we've kind of said, like, hey, we're heading into this holiday season. Thanksgiving's coming. You're probably going to have some conflict. And then Christmas, probably some conflict. So how do we deal with conflict in a healthy way? 
how do we deal with it in a God-honoring way? And so we're going to spend our time today talking about that. But before we do, let me get a little recap, if you haven't been here, about this series called The Forecast. Uh, the very first week, we said that for you and, and for me, we're terrible self-evaluators. And so if we're asked to evaluate who we are in a relationship, we don't do a very good job of it. And so we said, hey, let's go ask some people that we know and trust to give us some insights. What's it like to be in a relationship with me? And I hope some of you were able to do that, or all of you were. I know a few people told me they did. And, and they got, got some really good feedback for them and their relationships. Uh, last week, we talked about our fears, right? We talked about the fears that we have and how these become insecurities. And when we have these insecurities, we have a, a lack of confidence in who we are. We have a lack of confidence for the relationships we have. And so we talked about finding that confidence through God and through that, being able to have better relationships in our life. But again, today, we're going to talk about conflict and how do we do, deal with conflict in the relationships that we have with other people. Now, to help us think through this, we're going to do like we did last week. We're going to go back to the Old Testament. There are these two guys that end up being kings of Israel, a guy named Saul and a guy named David. And they really do have this weird connection, weird relationship. Um, David really, in some ways, sort of grows up in Saul's presence, in his house. He works in the court of, of Saul. Um, Saul's son, Jonathan, and David are BFFs, right? They're best friends. But there's this tension that is there that Saul has toward David. Now, David, if David lived in today's world, his Q score would have been the top of the charts, right? Like he would have been looked at as the greatest celebrity, the most important person. People would have loved him because they did. They wrote songs about him. They sung, sung songs in the streets about David and the kind of warrior he was and the kind of person that he was. And, and people loved him and they didn't really love Saul. And so there was this tension there that Saul had specifically for David. Well, this tension never goes away. It's always there. That conflict is always present. And in 1 Samuel chapter 19, verse 1, here's what we read. It says, Saul now urged his servants and his son Jonathan to assassinate David. Do you think this is a relational storm? It's there, right? We, we see this conflict here. Saul is so upset about who David is and how the people view David that Saul's like, hey, servants, I want you to assassinate David. Hey, Jonathan, I know you guys are best friends, but can you kill him for me, please? Like, that tells you the kind of conflict that's here. Well, well Jonathan goes to David and like, dude, I don't know what's going on with Dad. Bad day, bad week. I'm not sure. Let me go have a conversation with him and see if we can work this out. Jonathan goes and talks to his dad, and things seem to change. Look at verse 6. So Saul listened to Jonathan and vowed, As surely as the Lord lives, David will not be killed. What do we see here? Saul is at this place where he says, You know what? You're right. There doesn't need to be this conflict. Everything can be okay between me and David. Look at verse 7. Afterward, Jonathan called David. And told him what had happened. Then he brought David to Saul, and David served in the court as before. What does David do? David ends up going back to working for Saul. He goes back to the court. Everything seems to be working. Everything seems to be dealt with. The conflict seems to be over. But what do we know about conflict? That if we don't really deal with it, it's never dealt with. And we see that here in verse 9. But one day, when Saul was sitting at home with spear in hand... The tormenting spirit from the Lord suddenly came, came upon him again. As David played his harp, 
Saul hurled his spear at David. But David dodged out of the way, and leaving the spear stuck in the wall, he fled and escaped into the night. If you go back and look at verse 8, David actually leads the Israelite army into another battle with the Philistines, and the Philistines are so afraid that they basically just run away. They don't even want to fight. This is how scared they are of David and his military prowess. And so we would think, like, hey, this would be a good thing. You would be happy if you were the king and you didn't have to deal with this. But what we see here is that that popularity that David has, how he's able to lead these armies to victory over and over and over again, this presence, how people view David, like that just eats away at Saul. And so there's this intense jealousy that Saul has towards David. There's this, this pain that he has, and he wants to do everything he can to get rid of David. And so what does he do? He throws a spear at David. Now, thankfully, David has cat-like reflexes. There's one thing cats have that we like. It's because they have cat-like reflexes, right? And so he has these cat-like reflexes. He's able to move out of the way. And then we find that he runs away for his, for his life. I'm hoping that this isn't what your Thanksgiving is going to look like, okay? And if you walk in, somebody's holding a spear, don't go in that house. You need to leave that alone. But, but for some of us, this is what it's like when we get together with people we know, people we care about, maybe even people we, we love, that there's this tension that's there. There's this conflict that is present, and we just don't know how to deal with it. Well, we tend to deal with it, but how do we actually respond to conflict? And the majority of us don't respond to conflict very well at all. In fact, I want to share with you these four different categories that we find are ways that we tend to deal with conflict. And these are not healthy ways to deal with conflict, by the way. But these are ways that we tend to deal with it in our own lives. And I got some help from some counseling friends to give me some insights here. Some of these I'm familiar with. A couple of them I needed to, to kind of be reminded of or to get some information on. So I appreciate their insights here. But... Um, But as we go through this, I want you to kind of think about each one and think, hey, you know what? This is me. This is how I deal with conflict. So let me share those with you. Here's the first one. Category one, we fight. We fight. What does this mean? Conflict arises, man, we just, we go to town, right? We go head first. We we are going to tell this person everything that's wrong with them, all the issues. We're going to fight. And if you're a fighter, probably means you talk, 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 talk. Or for you, I mean, today it's probably you, you type, 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 right? Why do we do this? Because we want to win. And we don't even care if we're wrong, if we're a fighter. We're just going to keep fighting until there's like carnage behind us, until the other person raises the white flag like, you're totally wrong, but I just give up. Like, I, I can't handle this a- anymore. I am done. You win. And for the fighter, you're like, yes, I've won again. But what do we know about the fighter? The conflict's never dealt with. Because you don't really even care about the other person in this scenario. For you, it's all about you. Now, let, let me throw this in. Because uh, a lot of times when we talk about the fighter, people think these people love conflict. And, and maybe they, they do to some degree. But as we talk through these categories, understand this. So much of how we deal with conflict today is learned behavior. Like we saw this growing up as kids. We learned this from our parents. We learned this from our guardians. We, we learned this from people we know and trust. And so who we are as adults today, many times the way we deal with conflict in our life is something that we've learned from our past. And we just don't know how to move beyond it. And so I bet if you're a fighter, 
there were fights in your house and you saw what that was like. And so you just kind of took that personality on that characteristic. And so you still fight when it comes to conflicts today. And so for some of us, we're fighters. For others of us, we flight. Uh, This is the person who hates conflict. This is the person who runs from conflict. Now, not like David. David ran because he was protecting himself for his life, right? For this person, you figure, if I get away from this conflict, at some point in time, it's going to disappear. Like, it's not going to be there anymore. And then I can come back to this relationship. Everything's going to be great. It's just going to go away. Or, or if, if, if I go away and I don't deal with this conflict, here's what's going to happen. It's just going to get smaller and smaller and smaller. And what do we know about conflict? It doesn't get smaller. It gets bigger and bigger and bigger, right? It continues to grow because we never deal with it. And so if you're a flight person, you flee from conflict. You want to deal with conflict. And like the fighter, that means conflict is never dealt with. Category three is the freeze. If you are a freezer, it means you become immobilized to the conflict that is there. Like your mind and body is telling you to respond, but your mind and body will not respond. Like you, you are, you're almost stuck. You are uh, feelings of, of helplessness, of, of being powerless, of numbness, of feeling trapped. Like you, you know you want to say something, you know you want to do something, but you, you can't say it. And you can't do it, and so you're, you're stuck in that moment. You're frozen as this other person is just laying into you of all the problems and issues that they have with you in this relationship. But guess what? If we freeze, we never deal with that conflict either. The conflict doesn't just go away. And sometimes we think if we can be quiet enough and they can finish, then it'll leave. But, but that conflict is still there. And for some of us, we freeze. And then lastly, and this is a new one that I just um, learned recently, is fawning. Um, This is where you attempt to appease the person who has conflict with you. So if this person has conflict with you and you're sharing, they're sharing, here's what your problem is, and this is why this relationship's not working, this is why I'm struggling with you, then if you fall into the fawning piece, you know what you do? Like, hey, please tell me what to do to change all that. And so you will become whatever that person wants you to become so you don't have to deal with the conflict. You, f- you feel like deep down, if I just appease them, the conflict's going to go away. If I just appease them, this relationship is going to be fine. And so you, you acquiesce to their desires, their wants, but for you, you just you forget about yourself. And sometimes we're like, well, that's being selfless. No, that's not being selfless in this situation. It's becoming someone who fawns. You're just giving up who you are just so this conflict will go away. But as we've kind of talked through these four categories, here's the deal. It's all about just getting rid of the conflict, right? It's never about actually finding healing in this relationship. It's not about moving forward in this relationship. And so my question to you is how do you respond to conflict in your life? Do you fight do you flight? Do you freeze? Do you fawn? My guess is that all of us probably fall into one of these four categories. Or maybe there's a couple of categories that you're like, yeah, you know what? Uh, depending on the situation, I, I kind of can, can fight or I can freeze. But, but I think this is the way that we tend to deal with conflict in our life. But what does healthy conflict resolution look like? 
And there's so much here, by the way. I mean, we could spend a whole uh, series just talking about all these different things. But I just want to kind of share a few things that I think can help us. And, and I actually want to go to a writing um, that a guy named Solomon did. This is David's son. Uh, Solomon's a very intelligent, very wise man, writes these Proverbs. And so in Proverbs chapter 3, he gives us some insights into what a healthy relationship looks like. Proverbs, Proverbs 3, starting with verse 1, he says, My child... Never forget the things I have taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. We have three kids. Um, two are teenagers. One's 21 years old. And, um, and if you've got kids, one of the things you love to do is give your kids advice, don't you? Like, hey, you know, you're getting ready to go in this situation. This is what you've been talking to me about. Let me give you some advice. Let me, let me share with you some things I've learned and experienced. And, and I love kids because what do kids say? Dad, you're dumb. Like, Dad, you don't know what you're talking about. Dad, I'm way smarter than you. Dad, you're wrong. I probably am a little sadistic because I love when my kids come back to me and say, Dad, you were right. There's a little bit of pleasure. There's a lot of pleasure, actually, when that happens. And if you're a parent, you probably have experienced that before, especially if they're older. You're like, this is good stuff. Well, that's kind of what Solomon's doing here. Here's Solomon's like, hey, kid, I've got some advice for you. I've got some life experience. I've seen other people, what they've kind of lived through. And here's what I want to do. I want to share this advice with you, and I hope you take this advice and you live this out in your life. Well, what is this advice that Solomon has? Look at verse 3. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Solomon says, hey, you want to know what friendships look like? You want to know what healthy relationships look like? There's loyalty and kindness in them that comes from who you are. Let's look at these two words, loyalty. Loyalty means a strong feeling of support or allegiance. Who are the people that we tend to have conflict with? Is it someone we just met? Someone we've just known for a little bit, someone we don't know. No, it tends to be people that we've been around, that we have some sort of relationship with. And usually that relationship has been over the course of time. Maybe that person is someone we lived with at some point in time. Those are the people that we tend to have relationships with. And so when we talk about loyalty, what does that look like within that relationship with that person we've been connected to? Now, I want to actually go back to those categories that we just talked about and kind of overlay this with, with looking at loyalty and what loyalty feels like if we fall into those categories. Here, here's the first thing I would say. If you're a fighter, you know who your loyalty to is to? It's to you. That your loyalty is not to that relationship. It's not to that other person. When you think about what's going on, your loyalty is to yourself. And so you're going to do everything you can to protect you. And so the reality is you're not loyal to that person. Again, you're not loyal to the relationship you have with them. You're loyal only to yourself. But then we can look at the other three categories and say, well, what does loyalty look like there? Well, you are loyal to a fault if you fall in those other categories. You're, you're thinking, if I, if I just don't do anything, or if I run away, or if I just acquiesce to what this person wants me to do, like, that's what loyalty looks like in this relationship. It's kind of like I just said. It's like, if I can kind of be a martyr in this relationship, then everything's going to be fine. That's what you think loyalty is. But again, that's not loyalty in a relationship, because we never deal with the conflict that's actually there. Now, I'm going to give you some uh, next steps here in a second that are very practical how we are loyal in a relationship. But, but let me keep on here. Let's, let's go to kindness. Kindness is a considerate or helpful act. If you're a fighter, 
to be kind in a relationship when there's conflict is not kind to you, right? That, that the kindness is not something you do that, it, that is nice because for you, it is about winning. And you're going to win at all costs. And you don't care what you have to do to go there. You will go scorched earth on somebody only because you want to win. Like I said earlier, even if you know you're totally wrong, you're not going to give in. And so for you, there is no such thing as kindness in this relationship. Kindness is, again, you taking care of you. Those other categories we talked about for you, if you fall into the, the uh, flight, freeze, or, or fawn areas, conflict for your kindness to you is, is running from the conflict. Or it's freezing within the conflict. Or it's, again, acquiescing to whatever that person uh, may want from you. That's how you show kindness. Whatever you can do to alleviate the conflict is there is the way that you show kindness. But that's not what kindness is. And that's not what kindness looks like in a relationship. So what do loyalty and kindness look like in healthy relationships? How, how do we have loyalty and kindness when there's conflict in our relationships, when those relationships are, are stormy? Well, let me give you, again, some practical things today that can help move us toward uh, a healthier relationship, but also how to, how to deal with conflict that we face. First thing I would say is to move quickly. Um, what we like to do when conflict hits is to wait. And, and again, it's because we fall into those categories, right? We fall into those categories and we're like, hey, if, if I just wait and run or whatever, it's, it's just going to go away. Everything's going to be fine. We're going to be great. That relationship's going to be strong again, and the conflict will just disappear. But that's not the way that, that it works. That conflict just festers over time, and it gets bigger and bigger. And so we have to learn to move quickly to deal with the conflict. Now, there's also moving too quickly, right? Because sometimes the conflict may happen and the best time to deal with it may not be right there in that moment that we may have to wait just a little bit, but we can't let that conflict fester. We can't let it grow. We have to deal with it as quick as we can. So we have to move quickly when conflict is present. Second thing I would say is attack the problem, not the person. Too often in conflict, it's about attacking the other person. We just go after them. They go after us because they know that they can hurt us or we know we can hurt that person. And that's not dealing with the conflict at all. What we're putting is more, more tension in that relationship. We need to learn to attack the problem. Like, what is the problem here? And that actually takes us to the next one. Be specific. Like, do you have a plan when you're dealing with conflict? Or you just figure, you know what, I'm just going to go sit down with this person. We're going to work this out. Everything's going to be great. We can talk this out. I can tell you a lot of times that doesn't work. And why is that? Well, we attack the person and not the problem. So being specific means taking the time to write down what this conflict is about. Write down what the problem is. Uh, one of the things I've learned is that you've got to write down the facts. Write down what the facts are to the situation. Write, write, write down what, what you're experiencing or what the experience has been. And then you know what you do? You sit down in front of this person and you read it. As you're attacking the problem, you're like, hey, here's, here's the problem. Let me, let me read you these, these details, what I've experienced. And you're specific to you. And when you do this, you're not attacking them. You're attacking the problem at hand. But be specific with whatever that conflict may be. Next one is seek to understand. We want to be heard. 
Like we want people to listen. And so if there's conflict, we want to share all of our thoughts. We want to share all of our ideas. We want to share all of the facts, right? And we want to do it first. We just want to kind of throw everything out there to start out. One of the best things we can do, though, is seek to understand. I love how Stephen Covey puts it. He says, I'm going to seek first to understand before being understood. A few years ago, I, I learned this phrase, and um, I do everything I can to use it whenever there's conflict in my life. And it's just three words, and the three words are help me understand. Help me understand. Help me understand why you said these things to me. Help me understand why you, why you did these things to me. Help me understand why this conflict is in place. And you know what you do? You ask, help me to understand, and then you you step back and you stop and listen. And you hear what this individual has to say back to you. And I can tell you what, it alleviates a lot of the tension in the room in that moment. Because here's what you're saying. You're saying to that person, hey, I am loyal to this relationship. I want to be kind in this relationship. And I want to do that by hearing where you're coming from. Help me to understand. And as you're asking this question, if they're not really answering it the way you need to, then ask clarifying questions. Well, help me understand what you mean when you say that. Help me understand why you did that then. It's so helpful to get this information back from the person that there's this conflict with. And you know what you do with that? You write it down too. And not so you have a weapon to shoot at them later on, but so you have record of that. And so you can come back and say, you know what? I, I can see this. Let me, let me help you understand where I was coming from. And, and it really begins to change the, the, the relationship we have. And once again, it shows our loyalty because you're saying, I want to hear from you first. Share with me first as we work through this conflict that we have in our relationship. But then the last piece to this is to be patient. Now, I know at the very beginning I said, hey, move quickly. Move quickly and, and trying to come to a, a resolution in this conflict. But you also have to be patient. Because sometimes people don't really know that conflict is there. Or if they do, I mean, they're just like fight, 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 fight. And, and man, you're going to have to be really patient with a person who's a fighter. But learn to be patient. Learn to take these steps that we talked about. But then when it's all out there, don't expect that relationship's going to change overnight. Like it's going to take time. And you want to be loyal to that relationship? You want to be kind in that relationship? Be patient in that relationship. Give it time to find resolution. Give it time to heal. My guess is that for all of us, we deal with conflict in many different ways as we just talked about. But there are steps that we can take to begin to work towards resolution. But why do we do this? What's been the main thing we've been talking about throughout this series, our relationships are the most important assets we have in life. Right? Jesus says, love God. That's your number one relationship. And the second one is your relationships we have with other people. Like those are the most important assets. It's not our stuff. It's not our money. It's our relationships with other people. And so we've got to do everything we can to work, to have loyal relationships and kindness in our relationships and to deal with conflict in healthy ways. And the reason we do this is because there's an outcome from this. Look at what Solomon writes in verse 4. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. Why does he put this in there? Because God's watching. 
Like God's watching how, at how we deal with the conflicts we have in our life. Are we, are we fighting? Are we, are we running? Well, here's, here's Solomon saying, hey, look, if, if you can understand what loyalty and kindness looks like in these relationships and you can deal with conflict in healthy ways, guess what? God sees that and there's favor from God in that. Now, what does that blessing look like? Well, hopefully, hopefully it's God helping to bring resolution to that conflict. But it may be that you get to a place of where you're in peace. Right? Maybe that conflict never is resolved from the other person You've taken all the steps. You've done everything you can, and you can live at peace. See, I think God gives us that peace when we handle conflict in healthy ways. But it's not just favor with God, it's favor with other people. The other people see how we handle conflict. And, and how people handle conflict tells you if that's a person you really want to be in a relationship with. If that's a person you want to be around and connect with, and people see that, and as Solomon says here, that again, there's favor there. There's respect. There's admiration, maybe even cooperation, and of course, I think grace. But maybe the conflict comes from us. But if people see that we're doing our best to handle it in a healthy way. The question is, who do you have a stormy relationship with in your life? As you think about your life right now, you think about all the relationships you have, your coworkers, your neighbors, your family, maybe your spouse, your kids, your parents. Who do you have those stormy relationships with? And, and here's a secondary question of that. How are you handling it? Are you fighting? Are you flighting? Are you freezing? Are you fawning? I mean, how do you handle the conflicts that are coming in your life. Well, I think Solomon says be loyal to that relationship. Be kind in that relationship. Find, find the steps you need to take to deal with that conflict. Now, let me add this. I think for the most part, the majority of us, when it comes to conflict, we can deal with it in the ways that we talked about this morning. But I know for some of you, like that conflict has left some deep, deep wounds deep in your soul. That, that you have scars that continue, those scabs continue to be popped off over and over again. And they're long because, because of the conflict that has happened in your life for years and, and maybe even decades. And, and I'll be honest with you, these steps may not help you. That's why we ask you to go and get professional help. Let a counselor walk alongside of you as you deal with those wounds that are there. Because the reality is, conflict for you may never find resolution until you work on yourself. Until you can find that peace inside of you. And for many people, that means setting up boundaries within the relationships you have with other people, especially when there's conflict there. So we always talk about, hey, we have a great partnership with Safe Harbor. We would love to get you connected with them. You can email them at, or email us here at the, the church, office at thejourneynova.org. Say, hey, I'd love to talk to Safe Harbor. Uh, it's been great over the past couple of weeks. I've heard people like, I've been going to Safe Harbor. It's been great for me. I really needed this. This is the first time I've done it. It's changed my life. It's changed my relationships. That may be the place that you're at. And we'd love to help you down that path. But no matter where you are within this life that you live and the relationships you have and the conflict that's there, if we want to be loyal, 
And we want to be kind in those relationships. We need to learn how to deal with the conflicts we face in our lives.